Blue Wire. Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win. Three on the way. Yes. Paul George nails it. Lou Williams for the win. Bingo. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clip and Roll. I'm your host, Justin Russo. Once again, joining me today is Tomer Azarli from Clutch Points. Tomer, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? In the rain and all this crazy stuff that's happened on this Monday afternoon. I love this weather. I'm uh, I'm hyped. It's a good day. A little tired. Had a long weekend, but uh, yeah, excited to get this week started with some games coming on. Yeah, we I had a long weekend as well, which is why we didn't record this on Sunday or anything like that, because we decided that we needed some time off because the schedule's already killing us. It's great. It's real great. Yeah, I also had to dress up as a big baby on Sunday, but that's uh, something else. Uh, okay. It's Anyways, gender I don't want to. Gender reveal, I don't, but. <laughs> okay, I, I don't need to know about what you do, so <laughs> so that's okay. I'm, we're friends. We're not that good of friends. <laughs> oh, <laughs> cold. Um. Oh. Anyways, the Clippers opened the season 0-2. Opening night was Thursday in Golden State. They lost 115-113. And Saturday was their home opener against Memphis. They lost 120 to 114. So we're going to talk about those games individually in a second. But the overall, like, I guess thing to take away from all this for me personally was you had two losses by just eight total points. And and just so people understand where I'm coming from on this, Memphis and Golden State shot combined to shoot 44.8% on three-pointers. That's the best in the league among any team defense giving up. The Clippers... Clippers opponents are making 45% of the threes. That's un- that's ungodly. The Clippers are shooting 34.2% on threes. And if you look at just non-Paul George Clippers, they're shooting 30.4%. On top of that, opponents are making 70.5% of their shots inside the restricted area, which is the second best mark in the league, meaning not only are the Clippers not stopping threes, they're not stopping layups. And somehow, despite all that, despite everyone other than PG shooting horrendously, the Clippers lost both games by a combined eight points. So that's my biggest takeaway from this, right? So what you're saying is this is, you know, the Clippers going down 0-2 is basically the Mavericks series all over again, where they shoot the lights out. Um, Clippers don't play well, barely lose, and here we are. That's, that's kind of what I'm oh, getting Okay, from podcast is done. Podcast is done. <laughs> you said it. I mean, yeah, I mean, we. I asked, I mean, you were there. I asked Ty about this twice, and it's like, the, the shots they're getting are good good shots. Like it's it literally just feels like a rerun of last year, last postseason, where their offense is is, is playing well. They're getting good looks. Uh, they're not playing defense, I think, as well as they could be. Oh, it's um, bad. Yeah. So so there's definitely definitely room for improvement there. But given you know everything everything else, all things considered, um, I I think they've been they've been okay. You know they 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 allowed I believe about twenty six points in transition over the uh, preseason. They allowed Warriors, the Warriors to get 25 in their opening night matchup, and Memphis had 15 on them uh, the other night. So I guess we're trending in the right direction, um, but it's it's conditioning, taking in, you take into account the conditioning, the um, familiarity with one another, the, the injuries that they have. Um, it kind of is what it is. I, th- I, I don't think you could have asked for, for that much more when it comes to the process on on offense, anyways, which with regards to getting the shots they want, PG playing at a high level, um, you know, even Reggie in first game, I think he shot four of nineteen, but he had some decent looks throughout the night. So, um, kind of is what it is. 
So you mentioned transition defense, which I'm going to bring up because according to Cleaning the Glass, they are the second worst transition defense in the league. And that's made even more impressive by the fact that they're only ter- they've only turned the ball over seven times in each of the first two games. So they have 14 total turnovers in two games, and they're still the second worst transition defense. And if you're sitting there listening to this going, Justin, how's that possible? It's because they're dead last by a wide, wide margin in transition defense off of live rebounds. Meaning whenever the Clippers miss a shot, the other team's running and the Clippers just aren't there to stop them. So that's a problem. That's a lack of communication. That's a lack of paying attention and maybe a lack of conditioning because guys aren't used to, you know, still early in the season getting back. So that's why these, that's why you're seeing the teams that are successful right now are the teams that are getting out in transition and running because they're taking advantage of the lack of conditioning, the lack of communication for some teams early on in the season. And so if you're getting easy transition buckets, most of the time you're going to win that game, especially early in the season. And that's the problem that the Clippers are having. They're not getting stops in transition. They're not stopping opponents from making threes. They're not stopping opponents from making layups. They're not even making threes at a good enough rate for themselves. And yet, despite all that, combined eight points and two losses has been the scoring margin So while the losses suck, there is still a lot of reason to be optimistic with this team. And you hope that guys like Marcus Morris, you hope that guys like Nicholas Batum, when everything, you know, comes to and they get in a little bit better shape, they're able to make threes at at a good rate. And, you know, while we're on the topic of how the first two games have looked overall, I got to be honest, it's been very bad to watch Marcus play. Like, it has not been good. I mean... I don't, this is his first run in what, four months, five months. So I don't really know what else we could have expected from him. I don't. And he uh, didn't play preseason. I, I, the thing is, the thing is, if, if he makes like 50% more of his shots or if he shoots even like 45% from the from three uh, in the first two games, he probably, they probably win at least one of those games. And we're probably not really talking about that as much. So, um, I don't think Marcus is known for his defense. Like I think he's he's been a big body and he's capable of of, of playing solid defense. But I do think that um, whatever he's going through with his knee, uh, being being worked back into shape slowly after not playing pretty much the entire preseason. Well, he didn't play at all. He, I think he scrimmaged a few times. Um, it it kind of is what it is. You you got to bring everyone along. But I I do think you know they've played two of the best point guards in the NBA and they've. Those are two guys who play very differing styles. Um, Steph obviously does a lot of a lot of off ball movement and and really is able to nail those deep shots. While Jaw is really just uh, a, a driving monster. So um, I do think they, they've had some challenges uh, early on with, with some of these point guards. But um, yeah, I, I just don't know. I don't know where where you go. Um, with regards to Marcus, like I, I just think he, it's 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 kind of like growing pains. You have to go through this. You have to um, play through some of the bad stretches, play through the bad conditioning, uh, work your way back into game shape, learn each other on the fly, and uh, kind of just go from there. Like there's nothing you, you, I don't think you can really overreact to this and go, all right, we need we need to switch right now. You know, um, I think it just kind of is what it is from all from all from all standpoints. Um, I, I do think that um, offensively, I don't think they've they've they they've looked as great at times. I think they're. I think in both of their first two games, they've had stretches where they just go cold. Uh, that third quarter stretch in the second game and the fourth quarter stretch in the first game, 
um, kind of just lost the game for them both times. Um, you know, if, if you if you don't go, if you don't allow a 10-0 run, 11-0 run, whatever it is, you, you're probably there. Both both games, again. So, like, it, yeah, I, I, I struggle to find much more to say than it is what it is at the moment because guys are still working their way back into shape on both ends of the floor. So they're currently... 20th in net rating, which obviously this is an extremely small sample size. They're 20th in net rating. They're 28th in defense. But here's the number that's staggering. They're seventh in offensive rating. And the reason that's crazy, the reason that's insane, Marcus Morris, Luke Kennard, shooting under 40%, just under 40%. Marcus at 39, Luke at 37.5. Terrence Mann, 31%. Reggie Jackson, 30%. So these you have four of your primary offensive options shooting under 40% and half of them are shooting damn near 30% and you're in these games and your offense is still technically a top 10 offense. Obviously this means that Paul George is insanely valuable early on in the season, but at the same time what's going to happen when he needs a rest is you know you need guys to step up and so far the second best clipper and I don't think this is crazy to say is Eric Bledsoe. I think Bledsoe's been good. I, there are some issues I think that he needs to clean up, but for the most part, Bledsoe's been very good. He had two blocks against Memphis that were absolutely incredible to see. One on Steven Adams, and he had an early, early one on John Morant on a dunk attempt, which was incredible. But as we talk about these games, like, PG's the only Clipper who I've thought in both games has, like, been not even just really good, but good. And everyone else has been okay to, eh, to some, like to varying degrees. And when you go against the Steph Curry, who drops 25 in the first quarter and finishes the game with 45, a a 10 of the remaining 20 came in the, in the fourth, you know, you need guys who can, who can do either the defensive side of things, which no one's doing right now. Or the offensive side of things, which really only like one guy, one and a half guys are doing right now. And that's kind of like the really disconcerting part is this is essentially a one-man team now. And that one man is doing everything. And Reggie Jackson talked about a post game after the Memphis loss right in front of us, where he said, we got to make sure that PG doesn't have to show that manpower every night to score 40 points a night. And hope to God we win the game by the skin of our teeth because otherwise they're going to be in for a very long and stressful season. I mean, PG is averaging 35, 10 and five on a 69 true shooting percentage, which is ungodly. You know, you don't want to wear that man out. But I think this is also kind of what we knew would need to happen at some point. Like it's not ideal. Don't give like, I don't think he needs to be doing this much. Uh, I think he has a pretty insane usage rate as well. I haven't looked at that yet. Let me pull it up right now, but um, it's just PG it's is thirty three point nine. PG it's 33.9, is good which which isn't that bad, but it's pretty crazy. I mean, where does it rank? Um, I'd have to go look. So PG is like where is he? It's like among <laughs> it's tops in the league right now. Um, is is it really? No, 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 no. Usage no, rate for not. this season. So I mean, NBA Kevin Durant has thirty four point seven. Yeah, uh, PG's at 32.4, according to NBA stats, which is exactly what Steph Curry's at. So he's he's in the top 10. He's number nine. Oh, right yeah, now. among uh, among high among the, the major players, the guys who actually play, like, 
notable minutes. It's it's in the top 10. Giannis actually leads the way at 35.1. That's wild. Yeah, that's... Um, so the top five are Giannis, KD, Ja. I'm not counting Bradley Beal yet. He's only played one game. And then it's like... Tyler Hero, CJ McCollum, he- and Paul George. And, and Steph, yeah, yeah. You so so like I, I just to go back to what we were talking about. Like I, I don't think you can avoid having PG do this much. I just think with the way this team is constructed, I think definitely guys like Terrence need to do more. Uh, Reggie can definitely do some more. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, like PG's the guy you want. Kind of you want him taking those 10, 11 threes a game. You want him driving to the cup and and um, creating offense that way. Um, so while. Again, you know, I asked him the other day, like, do you think it's sustainable? And he's like, every game is different. It's, it's not going to be me having to score 40 every night. It might be me having to have 10 assists one night or me having to have, you know, a bunch of rebounds one night. So um, I think the current pace, again, small sample size, we don't really have that much to go on yet. But um, I, I do think we can see more from other guys. But at the same time, PG's just – he's the guy on this team right now. Um, and and, and if, if he's at peace with it and he's happy with, with the role he has – uh, I don't know. I don't know how you know how much you can really say about it um, negatively, if that makes sense. He currently leads the, t- the he being Paul George leads the team in points, rebounds, and assists. Just raw number t- type stuff. That's kind of incredible, actually. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know what else they can ask of him. The other guys just have to start making things. Maybe you start to have teams miss a little bit more from three, but you know, to the other team's credit. They're getting wide open threes. The Clippers are nowhere near some of these shooters. I mean, PG had to talk to Luke Kennard uh, in the game against Memphis because there was a sequence where they're in transition after a a make, I think even, and Desmond Bain gets a wide open corner three that PG had to close out on and he missed it. And there's a foul on the other end and PG had to walk to half court to talk to Luke about going like, Hey, you got to get back on. Like it's so it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a process even amongst the guys that were on the team this past season. So you're seeing that work itself out. And yes, the losses are not great, but they're in these games. They have their chances. They're losing the 50-50 stuff. The other teams, by the way, are shooting insane in clutch time because I actually saw the numbers uh, earlier today and it didn't even make sense, to be honest with you. Because if you go back and you look at clutch time field goal percentage, the other teams have made not only 50% of their shots in clutch time, they've made 60% of their threes. So wow. maybe you get a little bit lucky on variance. And I understand these are very small amounts of shots that we're talking about because it's only been two games, but maybe at a certain point, those numbers start to swing in your direction. You start to win the little coin flip here and there, but you know that you don't want to rely on that every night. You don't want to rely on the 50, 50 stuff every night. You got to go out there and get it some nights. And this team needs more out of Terrence. They need more. They need more out of Reggie for sure. They need a lot more out of Marcus. They need a lot more out of Zoo. They need more out of Luke Kennard. Like it's a lot of people, man. So I don't know what the well, like the usual over the course of a season, what the um, assist to potential assist like ratio is for guys at the end of the year. But like through two games, Paul George has ten assists, and NBA.com has him as twenty-two potential assists. Um, you know, he, you know, Reggie Jackson has shot like one of nine off passes from PG. Um, Marcus is oh five off passes from PG. So like, <laughs> it's just the, the opportunities are there. I think they're playing well and they're, 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 
their offensive process is 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 good i would say meaning they're getting the looks they want i think they're playing for the most part to the level they want but um, and correct me if I'm wrong. I, this is how I feel. I just feel like their process is right. They're just not making shots right now. Marcus, Marcus, and Reggie being a combined one of fourteen off passes from PG is kind of crazy. One of yeah, fourteen. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I think the offensive process, for the most part, is fine. It all comes down to defense. Like they're not getting back in transition on live on on makes on misses. It doesn't matter. They're just not getting back. They they seem late to diagnose. So it's a communication issue. And a lot of it is the starting lineup because, you know, Bledsoe's in there now and like they have to figure out certain things, but, you know, they, they want to ice screens more. They want to top lock shooters more. And that takes time. That takes time to nail down. So I don't know, maybe, maybe over the next couple of games, maybe over the next couple of days, maybe even tonight for the people listening to this, you know, maybe, maybe there's a variance change. Maybe there's a defensive change. Maybe there's something. And then, you know, like the team gets their first win. But I think they've played okay. I'd, I'd probably rate them overall like a C minus, which means to me it's like a B to a B plus offensively, and like an F defensively because they've just been horrendous on that end. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've talked a lot about about the offense today, and that, yeah, that's clearly just not the issue. It's it's the getting back. I mean, you you noted a couple of times just getting back, even off made baskets. Um, there's just been times where. Guys are just able to 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 beat him. They're just not getting back down court. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's it's hard to really pinpoint. Um, it's kind of why we asked Ty a couple of times, like, how do you how do you correct that? Uh, how do you correct not getting back or not? Is it just a focus thing? Um, yeah, it just <laughs> I'm I'm not really sure. I just think at some point they just have to get familiar with one another. You know, kind of PG talked about getting out of preseason mode, which is kind of lax. And uh, get into regular season mode where you guys have to start producing wins. They have to start producing wins, producing, um, you know, big big plays, and um, and kind of going from there. I I don't know. I don't think there's there's too much like of a science that goes to this this kind of thing so far. Um, like the, the the starting lineup isn't playing well, especially defensively, and uh, they they just have to you know communicate better, get back, and and kind of go from there. I think when they've set up in their half court, they they've been decent. Um, for for the most part, I think when Isaiah was in the other night, we saw some good minutes out of them. Um, Zoo had a great stretch to start the game against Memphis, and then kind of just got destroyed by Adams, Stephen Adams. After that, um, so yeah, I just think everyone just needs to be on the same page, and and um, and, and <laughs> I don't really know what else to say. Just get on the same page. Uh, half court defense for the Clippers has been moderately average to the rest of the league, which is fine. That's okay. But yeah, their their transition defense has been absolutely woeful. You were right. Zoo started off the game well, did not play well at all after that. And I want to end this podcast by, it's a short one today, but I want to end on podcast on a good note. Isaiah Hartenstein, you mentioned his name. He had a really good run in that I game mean, he against made Memphis. His, he made his case for MVP. I mean. Yeah, I mean, he might, hell, give him a couple more games. He might actually be the best player on the team. No, too far. I, I, I think I think there's a case. Uh, look, I, there's no denying. And look, I, again, it's just a one game thing. But to me, Isaiah looked better than Zoo for stretches of that game. I think Zoo really had like a good five minute stretch where he got a lot of rebounds, was really making his impact felt. And then Isaiah was just doing it on both ends. He was really rotating, uh, not really blocking shots, but at least deflections. He had a couple steals. Um, you know, changing shots at the rim at times. And and, and he's more uh, athletic. 
he's he just looks a bit more um I think he's got a better touch when it comes to finishing you know I think they they want Zoo to finish a lot with dunks but Isaiah can can kind of do like a you know left to right finish kind of kind of under the basket kind of thing so um he has he has a bit more mobility and and, and smoothness to his finishes I'll, I'll say that so um could definitely see him getting a few more minutes and and helping them out cuz he we also haven't seen any of his big passes he's he's he can really pass the ball um, and we, we haven't really seen that so far. So looking forward to him continuing his MVP case tonight. We'll probably see more Hartenstein tonight because Portland has tr- two traditional bigs. Uh, they have, um, I just blanked on his name right now. They have Nurkic as the starter. And then I believe they have Cody Zeller as the backup. And then they also have Larry Nance. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I think, I think, uh, think we might see more Hartenstein tonight maybe we'll see some Justice Winslow tonight I don't know I think Norman Powell Norman Powell being out is, is big I feel like he always kind of gets loose and uh you know has some yeah. back making shots against the Clippers so that that's kind of a big uh big move there he was Desmond Bain before Desmond Bain I did a preview with someone on before the Grizzlies game just real quick and I was like man Steven Adams kills the Clippers and then this guy goes quiet in the first half and I'm like oh maybe they held him in check and then he gets 13 <laughs> the to 17 in the third quarter. I'm like, dude, yeah. are you serious? Yeah. Every, all Memphis starters, the five Memphis starters, scored at least 17 points in that game. Jaw had 28 in eight. Melton had like 22. Bain had like 19. Everyone looked great. Turned Jackson at 21 too with the dagger. Yeah, it was – Yeah, I mean, the Stephen Adams thing is the biggest one because it's like, okay, you, you cannot give up 17 to Stephen Adams, you know, and then especially 11 and a quarter. Like, come on, man. Unreal. 11 points in a quarter. <laughs> Tomara, I'll see you tonight. Clippers play the Blazers tonight. Then they get Cleveland after that. We'll be we'll be back later in the week. Everyone, thank you for joining. Stay safe. Be careful in the weather if you are going to the game tonight. It is very rainy, and we know how us Southern California people do not function well in the rain. Um, <laughs> cannot Drive wait to see safe. that. <laughs> Drive safe, and uh, don't fight anyone. Those are the words to live by. Tomer. I'll see you at Staples Center tonight, my good buddy. Everyone take it easy. Stay safe. We'll talk to you later.